0: This is week number five in our series, The Genius of Generous Living. We began our first week with seeing from Philippians chapter two, the reason that we should be generous people, our motivation to getting on the road to generosity is the greatest of all givers, and that would be, anybody? Jesus Christ. Jesus is the reason that we should be generous because Jesus left the glory and the splendor of heaven, willingly taking on a human body, uh, suffering all the indignities of a human body, knowing that his destination was the cross. Jesus shed his blood for all of my sin, past, present, future, and all of your sin. Past, present, future. And then Jesus knew that he would face the tomb, dead. Literally bodily dead. But early Sunday morning, what happened? He arose from the dead. He defeated sin and Satan. and He did that for us. (laughs) What an amazing gift. And he continues to give. And he continues to lavish on us all sorts of good, priceless gifts. That's the reason we should be generous people. It's because of what Jesus has so graciously done and continues to do in our lives. Week number two, we saw from Mark chapter 12 a picture of generosity. There was this poor widow, and Jesus sees her, and she puts in all of her savings and all of her retirements. She, she didn't have much. But she gave all that she had, two mites, two pennies. And Jesus said, that's what generosity looks like. She gave more than anybody else. And if you want a picture of generosity, Jesus is pointing to that poor widow and saying, that's what real generosity looks like. Week number three, we listen to the words of Jesus. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. Jesus urges us in Matthew 6, 19 to 21, not to store up treasure here on earth. That's a temptation. Let's trust in our treasure instead of trusting in our Savior. No, I want you to store up instead, Jesus said, I want you to store up treasure in my bank with me. I want you to pay ahead, and I want you to store up treasure in the bank. Of Jesus Christ. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We said, where your money goes, your heart flows. Say it again. Where your money goes, your. Nobody can serve two masters. No one can serve both God and money. Uh, Brant just said it. I'll say it again. Uh, Jesus doesn't need our money. He spoke 500 billion galaxies into existence. He, he's not broke, but he knows this is how he wired us. Unless the Lord has our treasure empty into his hands, unless he has our treasure, he doesn't have our hearts. Last week, we dug into 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. That's God's universal law of life for everyone throughout all history. No exceptions. The Lord thought this was so important, he put it a second time in his book. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. And yet, so many times, we're pretty sure we're the exception to God's universal law. I, I'm pretty sure I can go against that law and I'm still gonna reap good stuff. I, I can be a lazy, do-nothing employee and, and do everything I can To avoid work, and I'm still pretty sure I'm gonna get a raise. I'm still pretty sure that when that promotion is available, that's gonna be me. (laughs) What's it say? Say it. You reap what you sow. No, you're not the exception. I resist budgets and guidelines on my spending. I spend freely and frequently. I charge up a mountain of debt. I take out loans but I'm pretty sure I'm going to be okay financially, and I'll still have lots of money in the bank, and and my finances are going to be okay, I'm pretty sure, right? No, you're not the exception to the rule, because why? What you sow, you reap, or what you reap, you sow. It works both ways, it really does. Uh, I'm a follower of Jesus. I can't afford to give to Jesus and his church and his kingdom, but someday... When I start making more money, then I'll start giving like I should. But even though I'm not putting much seed in the ground, Jesus is still going to bless me with a great harvest. What's it say? You reap what you sow. Yeah, it's true. Today we're going to get real practical. I've been praying, uh, actually, since, since the Lord impressed upon me, this is the series we need to talk about. Uh, as we start our winter series, I've been praying about this for months. Today, that today many of you would take a step that could lead to freedom and victory in the area of your finances. I've been praying for you. Now I don't know all your details, but I've been praying that the Lord would would really work powerfully. I don't know if you ever saw this, uh, but but it's it's on. Uh, lots of you can watch it and they've edited out a lot of the the gruesome stuff but you remember this movie called Braveheart this is Mel up here remember Mel okay Uh, uh, at the end of the movie Braveheart they're killing and torturing he's playing William Wallace And, and do you remember what does what does William Wallace yell with his dying breath here's what he yells Some of you knew that. I wonder how long he practiced that. <laughs> anyway, freedom. And then he died for the freedom of Scotland. There's something about that, at least for me, resonates. He, he was willing to die for the freedom of his land, Scotland. My prayer, my passionate desire, and I'm not overstating that today, is for freedom. Freedom. For each and every one that's here today. Freedom and victory in the area of your finances. Would you locate with me on your phone or in your Bible, Gospel of John chapter 5. Gospel of John chapter 5. If you would stand with me, if you're able. We're going to read out loud and declare out loud God's word. Uh, We're going to read about a man who's been paralyzed and confined Didn't have wheelchairs, he was laying on a mat. He was laying on a a piece of carpet, if you will, for 38 years. Let's read about it, John chapter 5, verse 1. Ready? Here we go. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he'd been into this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which he t- took place was a Sabbath. Let's pray together. Lord, the, the reality is um, there's lots of folks in our world Laying on their mat. Something in their life has them paralyzed. Unable to move. And Lord we live in a world where lots of folks are stuck. And can't move. So Lord would you take John chapter 5. And would you show us today what it is we need to understand. From this uh, incident in the life of Jesus when he walked here on earth? Because, Lord, I'd like to think that nobody here today is stuck. Nobody today is laying on their mat. But, Lord, I suspect that's just simply not the case. So would you, first of all, uh, help us to be open to what you have to say to us in those areas where we might be stuck and can't move, we're we're paralyzed? Lord, speak. We're listening. Open our hearts. Lord, make it clear to uh, our minds and our wills. We're ready to hear from you. Because sometimes, Lord, it's easier just not to think about it. So, Lord, would you help us to think about it today? And specifically today, regarding our finances, Lord, if there's some folks here today that are literally laying on a mat and they're stuck and they're in a hole financially help us Lord not to ignore that and sweep that under the rug Lord I I believe you have in mind freedom and victory even in that area for each and every one of your children here today so uh, come and take charge today in your church Almost every Sunday we tell you we need the presence of your spirit. We do today. We need the presence of your spirit in combination with the power of your book. And Lord, you come and meet us today. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one unified voice, you can be seated. Jesus is in Jerusalem says he's at a festival, and he comes upon, verse 3, a great number of people who were blind, lame, and paralyzed. They uh, were in trouble. <laughs> verse 5, one man had been living on his mat 38 years. 38 years, unable to move, hoping for a miracle. Verse 7, verse 6, Jesus looked straight at the man laying on his mat, and he asked at first what seems like a strange question, don't you think? What's the question? Here it is. Do you want to get well? (laughs) Hey, buddy, probably called him by name. Hey, Bill, do you want to get well? (laughs) That's an important question. It's an important question for us. To ask ourselves, do I want to get well? Because if this man stands and gets off his mat and gets the cure and the miracle he was hoping for, think about it. He's going to have to go find a job. He may have to go into training to learn a trade. Uh, he's going to have to start resume going back to temple. He's going to have to reconnect with family and friends. Because up to this point, he's just been laying on his mat. But now, it's going to require some effort and some work if he chooses to get off his mat. You tracking? Here's what I've discovered. Sometimes it's easier. Sometimes, in your mind, it's more convenient just to keep laying on your mat. And there really are people who when you ask them the question, do you wanna get well? The honest answer is, I don't think so. It's too much effort, it's too much hard work. I I, I think I'm just gonna continue laying on my mat. So I ask you as we begin this morning, when it comes to your finances, do you wanna get well? Do you want to get well? I believe, listen close, I believe at the conclusion of this service, the Lord has brought together a tool, a system, a plan, if you will, that offers freedom and victory, and I believe deliverance from the bondage of debt and being overwhelmed in our finances. Give me your eyes. But that will only happen if you really want to get well. You understand that? In other words, I'm ready and willing to do whatever it takes to get the victory and the freedom that Jesus has in mind for me. And I believe that's his plan for each of us here today. Freedom and victory. Uh, I want to give you some facts, okay? Why are you talking about this? Well, this is uh, some facts about finances, comes from uh, Dave Ramsey's organization, Financial Peace University. I fact checked them with some other sources that were reputable. Uh, these, are, these are good facts, okay? Ready, here we go. 78% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. In other words, if you don't get paid your next paycheck, you're in trouble. Uh, The money to pay for the bills, there's no extra. I'm counting on that next paycheck, otherwise I'm in big trouble. Seven out of ten Americans do not budget their money consistently. In other words, the money's just flowing. And and if you ask, where did the money go? And I, I don't know, it just flowed. The average American who has this type of debt, catch this, has $180,000 worth of mortgage debt, $51,000 worth of student loan debt. By the way, this is by far the fastest growing crisis in our nation. We have students, and they're not just other, there are students who are just saddled with debt. The average is 51,000. I've known people who were a part of us over $100,000 in student loan debt when they graduate from college, over $100,000. And that's not out there, that's right here. Uh, On average, if you have a car loan, you owe $29,000. And on average, if you uh, have a credit card debt, catch this one, you owe $16,425 on average if you have credit card debt. And oh, by the way, that's at 16.4 compounded interest rate. And uh, one more stat. Go ahead, Clint. Tell them. Uh, uh, The average person who has credit card debt pays $2,630 of interest per year. $2,630 of interest. Two-thirds of Americans, if... uh, they had a $1,000 emergency, and that could come in a number of ways. That could be a root canal. That could be a trip to the hospital. That could be a car that, that dies unexpectedly. Uh, two-thirds of Americans, if a $1,000 emergency comes their way, they're in big trouble. They got, they've got no plan. <laughs> they've got no plan for dealing with that kind of emergency. The number one cause of divorce in our country, and I checked this with multiple sources, it's, it's consistent. Number one cause of divorce and marital distress and pressure and trouble, any, any guesses? What's the number one cause? Financial issues, financial trouble, being uh, having to deal with financial stress is a marriage killer. The average American spends $1.22 for every dollar they earn. <laughs> we, on average in America, we spend $1.22 for every dollar that we earn. Right now, I suspect some of you are thinking, hey, this is church, Pastor Jeff. This, this isn't the financial news channel. This is a sermon. Why are aren't we talking about Bible stuff? Why aren't we talking about love and faith and prayer? Are you ready for this? 66% of the parables Jesus told dealt with any guesses? Money. Yeah. One in 10 verses, one in 10 verses, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, deal and talk about money. There are 2,300 verses in the Bible that talk about money. That's three times more than the verses that talk about love. That's five times more than the verses that talk about faith. That's more than five times more than the verses that talk about prayer. <laughs> uh, yeah, we should talk about love and, and faith and prayer. I'm just telling you, the Bible is chalked full of verses dealing with the issue of money. The goal of today is to challenge and inspire you, encourage you to take a step towards financial freedom. Many of you, that's the reality, I know this is true, many of you here today, finances aren't doing so great, if you're honest. My challenge, my my goal today, my prayer has been that many of you will take a step towards financial freedom. Here's what I want you to know. Today, we don't want anything from you. You listening? We really want something for you. We're not looking to get anything from you. We, We want something for you, and we want to get you on the road to financial freedom. There's this verse in Proverbs, you got your Bible go there, we'll put it up here, Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 7, and uh, it it says something very interesting, Um, we don't like this first line, but it's true, it's always been true, always will, Uh, the rich rule over the poor. I don't like that verse, I understand, Uh, I don't think it's fair, this world is not fair, a fallen world. But it's the second part of the verse that I want you to focus on. It says this, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. The rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. Denise and I, we were uh, at our uh, Church, We were full-time youth pastors, and uh, we had just had our first child. And uh, we were weary of running to the laundromat. Can I get an amen? I mean, we were weary of it. And now suddenly, uh, as I recall, we weren't with the first using the disposables. Uh, So can you imagine when you got a lug? Anyway, uh, so our dream was to um, be able to have a washer and dryer. That was like, wow, what a dream that would be. So um, we decided through the magic of this little plastic thing called a credit card, uh, we were going to reach into the future and grab money and pull it into the present And spend it. Isn't that amazing that you can do that? You and I, little piece of plastic, you can reach into your future and buy stuff that you can't afford and pull it right into your present. (laughs) So that's exactly what we did. We didn't have money for a washer of dry and dryer. We just didn't at that point. But we reached into our own future and we afforded something that we really couldn't afford. So we, we willingly said, you know what? I think it's going to be okay. <laughs> I, I, I think it's going to work out. Uh, I, I know we probably shouldn't do this, but um, we really want it and I think we deserve it. So, so we, 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 got, we got it and, and that, that worked out so well. Are you, are you ready? that we started looking at this old donated couch. You ever had one of those? You know, it, I call it a tithing couch because there's only 10% left in it. Uh, we had a tithing couch. So we whipped out our little plastic friend and boom, we had a new couch. So we got our new washer and dryer. We, we've got our new couch now here, here's where the chains come in. It was pretty cool until uh, at the end of the month, guess what came in the mail? I, I didn't think about this part too much, but, but the guy uh, at, at the end of Mr. Visa, he sends us a note and says, hey, I want my money back or you're paying. So every month, it's amazing, every month they send this, this letter to us, And they said, for taking money from your future, we are taking money from your present. And oh, by the way, we are adding interest uh, to the money. And that's where you get uh, the borrower is what? Just telling you. Um, You'd think, you know, it's just a washer and dryer. But when you can't afford something, we had the chains for that washer and dryer yeah, it's starting to choke me. Yeah, literally. Somebody, come save me! We walked around with chains for five years, and then we did a little, uh, a little uh, discovery. Pastor dies with illustration around the neck. I'm just thinking. Yeah, I'm starting to feel a little uncomfortable. I just hold it right here. We we paid three times over five years, three times what the actual washer and dryer cost, okay? <laughs> and, and then, and then uh, it took us going on seven years to pay the dumb couch off. And, and, I'm, and I'm just telling you, by the time we paid that couch off, it really wasn't a new couch anymore. You know, it was like, th- this is really not that great of a couch right now. Um, Here's the problem that we realized. You can't just pray your way out of a financial mess. You understand? When, when you've got the chains on big time, you can't just pray your way out. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't pray, but you've got to pray for wisdom and guidance and direction, but then you've got to get a plan, and you've got to take action. Are you tracking with me? So, yeah, of course, we believe in prayer around here. So, but there are some things you just can't pray your way out of. You're gonna have to pray, and then you're gonna have to choose to act. Okay? My prayer is that many of you who are slaves to what you owe <laughs> will say, you know what, I'm, I'm weary, I'm tired, I'm frustrated, I'm angry, I've been laying on this financial mat. I don't, I don't know. Uh, how long it's going to take, but I'm ready to get off the mat. Whatever it takes, I'm going to get off the mat and get rid of these chains. That's my prayer for many of you here today. Here's the big picture plan, okay? Ready? This isn't real tough to understand, okay? Here we go. Give, save, live. Want to say it with me? Here's the plan, big picture. Give, save, live. Okay, I'll I'll put it this way. Um, Give the Lord what he's due. If you're a follower of the Lord, I'm just going to lay it out there. Give him what he's due. Start with 10, okay? Uh, Save, pay yourself. Pay the Lord, pay yourself. That should be the next 10%. Put some away, save, okay? And then you got how much left, math majors? 80, live on the rest, Make sense? Give, save, live. Tend to the Lord, tend to yourself, and then live on the difference. Live on the rest. That is the big picture plan, okay? But here's the reality. When you get in a real deep hole, and you've been there for a while, and you're laying on your mat, um, it's not easy, it's just not that easy. Once you get out of the hole, Here's the big plan. And many of you have already discovered this, haven't you? You realize, okay, uh, I'm out of the hole. Denise and I, we got that washer and dryer and that couch paint, let's make a plan. Here's the plan. Give, save, live, okay? Uh, So here's the good, the great, the wonderful news I'd like to invite up uh, Don and Martha Rudy If you'd make your way up here, Don and Martha, uh, we've got a uh, little plan that we'd like to share. And I'll try not to choke myself. Yep. Cause of death. Financial Peace University has been going on, I think, about 20 years. Uh, This is Don and Martha. They lead our Financial Peace University uh, ministry. how long have you been leading Financial Peace University here at Walloon? We've been doing it about six years. Six years. Okay. And approximately how many families have you helped out over the years? Somewhere close, well, people, about 150 people. It could be as many as 100 families or so. Yeah. Okay. So here's my last question. If someone here today who had uh, fancy chains around... They financially, don't, yeah? Don't, don't they look great? Yeah. Uh, if they commit to the program and they work the program, uh, do you have hope for them? Do you think there's a, a, a good chance for freedom? Yeah, I mean, the bottom line is... I always say don't put it too close. No, no, this no, one no, you okay. need to close, yeah. <laughs> uh, the bottom line is if you make a decision and uh, you enroll in the class, you're going to hear about God's way of handling finances. And if you follow that plan, it will succeed. Um, but the difficulty is we have to make that choice, and we have to make that first step, and then we have to follow it. And it's not a short-term thing. It's mm-hmm. it's the rest of your life. Right. But God's faithful. God's patient, and His plan works, and it's worked for many people, and it can work for you too. So. Thank you. Thank you. Well, here's the deal. Don and Martha are going to head out to the foyer right now. Okay. And why are they doing that? Because um, I want them to be at the table so that. Uh, you know where they're at. They've agreed, listen to this, this is pretty wild, they've agreed to lead a special class of Financial Peace University just for you here today. Okay, this, they've already got one going, already started. Normally they wouldn't start a new one until next September. I've asked them and they said, yeah, we'll do that. You ready? It starts next Sunday. Next Sunday at ten thirty in the old kitchen room one hundred and one, they're going to start. And it's a very—I don't—I want you to know—it's the best tool that I've ever known of to get people out of a financial hole, financial bondage, if you will. Okay, hundreds—they've done it for six years. We had hundreds of people go through it before, so we've had hundreds of people who've experienced this program, and if you'll commit to it and work it and make it a part of your life, financial freedom is available. It really is. Imagine yourself financially free. It's possible. It's available. I say it again. Today, we don't want something from you. We want something for you. We really do. We want you to experience the freedom. Are you ready? The freedom that comes when when you break the chains and you experience financial freedom. And some of you, the truth is the debt's heavy and it's messy and it's causing stress. And we want you to experience the freedom that's available. That's why we're having today. That's the focus for you. By your heads, shut your eyes. Would you just quietly maybe you'd think, you know, I'm not really sure how I'm doing financially. Well, well let me ask you this, are you able to give and save? And then live on the rest? Lord, speak. We do have an ability to pretend and even uh, try to fool ourselves. We're listening. Here's, here's the first uh, category. How many of you would say, and I say, give Jesus praise, because it's not because of you, it's because of Jesus, and he's worked in your life. How many of you would say, give Jesus praise, but by the, the power of Jesus and the wisdom of his book, I, I don't have any debt, except maybe still paying on the mortgage, but nothing else, and by God's grace, I'm experiencing victory. Raise your hand and give Jesus praise. Say, hallelujah, Lord, this is to you goes the glory. So for those of you who've got victory, yay, Jesus. And then there's a bunch of you who are thinking, I wish I could have raised my hand. I wish I, wish I could have, but right now, the truth is I'm in a financial hole and I'm kind of stuck on my mat Can't really move. Not doing so well, Pastor Jeff. Anyone say, you know, I I could use some prayer on my finances. The hole seems huge, and I need the Lord's help to figure a way out. Anyone say, that's me, and I could use some prayer on that matter for me. Anybody lift up your hand and say, I'm humbling myself. That's just the reality. Yeah. There's other hands out there. Yeah. Anybody else? The reality is it's not so good. Yeah. Anybody in the balcony? See my hand, Lord? Yeah. Okay. James 5 14 says, If any of you are sick and you're thinking, well, this isn't a coughing, this, this isn't a disease. Literally, the word sick in James 5.14 means an area of weakness. If any of you has an area of weakness, if any of you are sick and weak in the area of finances, here's what it says. Humble yourself and ask the elders, the church leaders, to pray over you, to anoint you with oil for healing and wisdom. I'd invite the leaders right now. Come on up. Stand along the side, up front here. Because this is so important to break the chains, to crawl out of the hole, the mess that we want leaders to be here. They'd love to pray with you and pray for you regarding the financial sickness the weakness that you're facing. And then they'd love to walk with you to Don and Martha's table in the foyer and get you signed up for Financial Peace University. Okay? And that starts next Sunday, 1030, Old Kitchen, room 101. How do you like that? We've got a path, a way of escape, a way for freedom. So uh, right now we want to open up the opportunity. If you're sick in this area, I know it's humbling, but here's here's the truth. There's power when we humble ourselves and admit need and admit weakness, and when we go, we seek help, we do it God's way, according to James 5.14. In in due time, it says, He's going to lift you up. That's the promise. So, right now, if you're on the mat, and you're willing, make your way right now to one of the leaders. They're ready to pray for you, to pray over you, to anoint you with oil if that's what you'd like, and they'd love to walk back with you to visit Don and Martha. So just, if you've got victory, pray for the folks next to you who who don't have that victory. Right now, would you make your way up? Humble yourselves, admit that need, and come and say, "I'm I'm gonna do it God's way. Enough is enough. I, I want victory. I, I want freedom when it comes to finances. Anybody? Willing to stand and make your way right now? Humble yourself under God's hand that in due time he might lift you up. Anybody? Anybody? Be the first one. If the Lord's knocking, if you're feeling like, a, oh, I feel the pressure right now, that's a good sign. He's saying, go ahead, humble yourself, make your way. Anyone else? Lord, I'm ready to do it your way. I'm ready to get off the mat and do whatever it takes. There's another one. Somebody else. Is the Lord talking to you? Lots of your hands went up. Now will you humble yourself and take that action step? Balcony. There was a few hands up there. Anybody got to come down. Say, okay, enough is enough. I've done with it, frustrated and overwhelmed. I'm going to do it God's way. And I'm going to get on the program that the Lord has made possible here, starting next Sunday. family, what am I supposed to do? Pray for these folks. If you know them, write their name down. I'm going to pray for them. If the Lord's given you victory in this area, praise Jesus. And now as a family, we're going to come together and pray and encourage each other concerning the areas of weakness a song that talks about breaking chains. And the band was kind enough to uh, adjust. Let's sing that. Let's stand. Here's here's the the deal. The leaders are going to stand here right now. They're not moving. So maybe some of you'd say, you know, I didn't really want to do it. Quite so. Well, you can kind of sneak up right now, okay? And and they'll do it even as we sing as we close. So uh, they're available. The Lord's knocking. You come on down. Ask him to pray over you and anoint you with oil. Let's sing.